What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers in a Shot of Milk. Chris is back, everybody. He was back. back. You were kicked off because you didn't read your Batman 89 issue three. Did you read it yet? And I still have not read it. You're out. You're out. <laughs> You're back. You're out. That's it. See you later. Bye. Yeah. Man, no, Chris, since you're here, you might as well stay because we're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, anime, action figures, cartoons, and more. I'm Lauren St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson, Richard Wilson, Christopher St. Victor. Gentlemen, how was your week? What's going on? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you playing? What's happening? You should go first, Chris, since we ain't seen you in a while. Yeah, Yeah. so I've been... uh... I've been in Disney World. I've been in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is amazing. And then uh, watching, I've been watching, uh, trying to watch this Young Justice, man. I'm going to tell you what, not everything needs to be woke. <laughs> it's it, it's like on the nose, right? It's like Yes, yes. But get past the first arc. After the first four episodes, they follow different characters. They follow okay. um, Artemis, and that's not a woke storyline. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Just get past the first arc. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm trying. Hold it on. But yeah, man, it's good to be back. Though I'll tell you that right now. I missed. I miss you guys. You're uh, here probationary though, so you better read those. comics You better read those comics, Chris. <laughs> uh, I will. You're the Batman I, guy. Look, you know, I did set up my comicsology, so I can't come. I, I've read some stuff, just not Batman. Anymore. But you, you know what Chris told me? He said. I'm going to Florida on my way. I'm going to read comics. I said, Chris, you have a son and it's a family vacation. You're not reading anything, sir. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> did, I, you read the, did you catch up on The Walking Dead like you thought you were going to? Of course not, man. Come on, man. Lord, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you have a child. You know that you get 10 minutes when you go into the bathroom, if you're lucky. <laughs> if they don't come busting into, the, busting into the bathroom. Yeah, man. Rich, what's going on with you? Playing my usual stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I'm saying? The um, <laughs> Destiny 2. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, um, uh, Scarlet Nexus. It's yeah. getting pretty good. Been three weeks on that one now. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't game as much as I used to. So, you know, I put like 30 minutes in and then I get off. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish I had the time. But, um, yeah, I've been watching Arcane, The League of Legends on Netflix. Wow. Yeah. Dope. Just got renewed and, for season two. I mean, enjoy yeah. season two already. Jeez. Pretty pretty good stuff. We need to get on it. Um, And the, uh, the live action of Cowboy Bebop. Bruh. Let me tell you, Bruh. I'm not disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> not disappointed at all. I'm, all right. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Jack, what's up? Yeah, well, watched, uh, watching the same. Watched uh, Arcane. I haven't finished it yet. I am enjoying where I'm at, and I watched a couple of episodes of Bebop. Also, not disappointed. <laughs> as uh, as far as comics, I just got a couple pickups. I picked up this thing called Cherry Blackbird. It was posted on the Instagram, so I figured I'd check it out. It's uh, it's pretty graphic. It's pretty adult. Mm. Then I picked up okay. this uh, Captain Hardlock, which oh, okay, I like that. Cool. It's an anime. There's a sick. Yeah. You've seen the one on, on Netflix? Uh, I believe I saw it. I know I saw either Netflix or uh, Prime. I saw yeah. something. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's either Netflix or Prime, but it's a sick 3D uh, CGI graphic yeah. anime version of uh, of this Captain Hardlock. And it was pretty fun. So it was a free comic at the store, so I picked that up. And then I picked up this just because why not? It's uh, issue one of, how do you say it, 
Genis Vell. It's just this new Marvel comic, and since I collect comics, sometimes you gamble with new issues. If it's yeah. new, too, you get to be in the beginning, and if it's good, you're there from day one. Yeah, yeah. and if nice. it's trash, you give it back later, and they put it in the dollar bin. There you go. <laughs> uh, my week has been pretty uneventful, but I, I have been watching that Cowboy Bebop. That joint is sick, man. Yeah. It's so good. And I think I'm on like episode five. And mm-hmm. I, I went, after I finished it, I started watching the anime's first episode. Okay. And I didn't finish it, but I was thoroughly impressed with how, like, it didn't need to be that close. Like, they could have taken more liberties if they wanted to. But the fact that it's, it's that close, at least so far, um, I was kind of blown away by it, man. Uh, I did finish Baki Hanma. Rich. Baki Hanma, okay. It's the oh. most filler anime I've ever seen in my entire life. They will start fighting. He'll throw a punch, and a prison guard will go, that punch, back in Germany, 1945. <laughs> like, we're, we're flashbacking to the punch. <laughs> we're like in other anime, like the filler and flashbacks that revolved around the characters. This is just revolved around, like, this is random stuff. And then that yeah. special day, the vultures surrounded the prison. And it only could mean, what? What does it mean? Like, y'all just came up with this today. Oh, man. <laughs> this is no, there, there is a particular amount of filler in most television anime content. Uh, yes. A amount sometimes. There is. This one. But it was fun. And I, I'll say this. I know I'm like the guy that watches dubbed stuff. But I feel like this is the you have to watch this dub because Mr. Unchained, the guy who does that voice, yeah, his voice is voice. pretty dope. Yeah. Hey, Baki, I see you going over there, but what you don't have, I have muscles on muscle. <laughs> it's just a great voice. <laughs> it's a great voice. Uh, so that's what I've been up to. Chris, let me ask you a question, man. You know, you haven't asked me a question in a while. Go ahead, ask away, Lawrence. I got a question for you. What do heroes like Spider Man? and Ant-Man have in common. What do heroes like Spider-Man and Ant-Man have in common, Lawrence? They bug the villains. Oh! <laughs> 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 see what you did there. See what I did there? I see. I'm, I'm glad Chris is back to fake that laugh because, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, it was pain. hurting me the past two episodes. Look, look, it's better. Nothing, it's anything is better than the Superman. Oh, oh yeah, the Superman. Superman. Like, Superman. Superman. Oh, man. Okay. Well, you, know, you, you missed last week's, Chris. Last week's was pretty cute. Last week's was pretty cute. I'm going to check it out. Since it's dropped, it's live. It's live. It's dropped. You can check it out. And you can also check it out on Instagram as well. The joke of the day. But let's redeem that segment by going down the street, making right at the light, a left at the corner, and we will come to Collector's Corner. It's show and time. Here at the Collector's Corner, we take something out of our toy chest, something off our bookshelf, something out of our video game case, and we show it to the world. It can be just sentimental worth millions of dollars gentlemen what you got since Uh, we're talking ghostbusters afterlife today i'm showing off my ecto one whoa got the ecto one i don't have many model cars in my collection but there are a few that i have and it's just not complete without an ecto one so this is my ecto one wow 
Doors open up? Huh? Oh, of course. Doors open up. I've never seen this before. Have you always have you always had this? Yeah, I keep it locked away. You know, keep it in a box most of the time. Very cool. Back door opens too. Look at that. You got to put the ghost in somewhere. That's true. That's dope. That's nice, Jack. That's nice. Display it on your shelf. Come on. Don't lock it away. I was looking around, and I have a copy of Legend of Zelda NES. It's somewhere in my storage. I thought I had it close by, but I think it might be somewhere else. But since I was like, I was dead set on doing Zelda, I have a book of Legend of Zelda. Whoa. Yes. Art and artifacts. And it pretty much has artwork for every Legend of Zelda uh, game and, I guess, comic and cartoons. Uh, got detailed weapons. Let me show you all the weapons. That's got some cool. of the enemies are in it. Get a little boom. You got some of the actual people in the wow. in the game itself. Some of them I'm not. I didn't play all the Legend of Zelda's, but uh, some of them I, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with. But other ones are like, eh. But it's cool. You know, you even got the little cartoon you Somewhere I'll pull out the the game cartridge, which I wish I had. I wish I had the original box and everything like that. But that's long gone. But I have it in a plastic case. It's somewhere around here. I know I saw it when I was. Uh, oh, it might be at my parents in Arkansas. Yeah, that's probably when I saw it last. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris, what's up, man? So I'm packing. I'm moving uh, next month. So uh, I'm going through some of the the boxes, and I pulled out my toy biz, my cable toy yes. biz. No, <laughs> how is he in great condition? Version yeah, one. Look at that thing. And then you know what was next to it. Version three cable. Yeah. So Chris, you see did you play how- with these? Why are they in such good condition? You know, there's some, there's some wear and tear, but you know. No. Come on, man. Yeah. That guy but, looks great. He does, yeah. right? And he's got the kung fu chop action. Yeah. Oh, and the chop still works. Yo. <laughs> yeah, man. I found a lot of my '90s because we've been watching. My son and I were still watching X Men. Which is great that it's getting rebooted on Disney Plus, but um, so I found a lot of my old uh, '90s Toy Biz figures. So you'll see yeah. more of it upcoming collectors' corners. In Girl. great condition. Like I yeah, have a bishop man. whose whole head is like the colors off. But that's you remember perfect. playing with these, Lawrence? With you? Yeah, you remember these? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a cable though. You had the cables. Yeah. That's why uh, they're still in uh, good condition. Yeah, I, I play hard. Yeah, Lars. <laughs> you, know, you know Negroes love to play fight, Chris. You yeah. <laughs> love to play fight. <laughs> uh, like 20 years old now. You know that, right? It is 20 years old. Oh, Jeez. Man, we're getting old. Um, so for me, like, I'm a big Batman fan. But on top of that, as a kid, I always loved Robin. So I collected like all the Robin toys that came along with Batman. And then when Batman Returns dropped their figures from Kenner, it was weird because in that they dropped this bad boy, the first Tim Drake suited Robin. And it came out with Michael Keaton's Batman Returns figure. Now, I, I actually rebought this figure because I believe my mom threw my original away when she was just throwing all my toys away. So I rebought this on eBay. The cape is like double-sided and it's two material, which is pretty unique for this time. And what's so interesting about this figure is that in that movie, Marlon Wayans was cast as Robin. And they wind up like saying, we're not going to use you. We'll save you for the third one. And then when Schumacher came on, they kind of changed everything. This Robin is darker skinned 
and the hair is as if it's a high <laughs> top. A high top made. Oh. Almost as if this figure in its beginnings was modeled after a black guy playing Robin. So I huh. find this figure very, very interesting. So yeah. Drake or Marlon Wayne's <laughs> Robin figure. <laughs> when, you, when, when you take off the cape, it has a little ring in the collar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ring in the yeah that makes back memories. Yeah, come on, man. And this, this is just a dope design figure. Yep, just cool got figure. a flat top. It really it does. does. Now, Good Tim play. Drake in in the comics at this time had spiky hair, so you can say they were trying to emulate that. So it's it's more of an urban legend or theory than anything. But I like it. It's a yeah, dope cool. figure, man. Dope That's figure. Cool. While we're uh, paused here, showing stuff off. Maybe it's a good time to appreciate some of these shirts. Well, let's not have Rich go first because he'll just shut us all down. Yeah, that's so. true. So you, you wait your turn. Lawrence, I see you're rocking a pretty dope I'm shirt I'm wearing today. my uh, Black Panther t-shirt I got from Target. That's nice. nice. That's, uh, Target is the way cover. to go. Target is, is the way to go for some really dope t-shirts and stuff. Chris, what yeah. you got on? I got my 90s X-Men t-shirt. Yes. Which complements my, my collector's corner. It's B. I've had a teacher forever, but I like it. Nice. Oh, oh. And Jack, you have a... Uh... I'm just rocking a robot today, gentlemen. All right. Just rocking a sad little emo <laughs> robot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not in the comic realm, but um, I went a little cult classic. <laughs> Stanley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Said, boy, have you lost your mind. Because I'll help you find it. That was a great episode. Yo, Stanley is like one of the blackest black people on television without even trying. <laughs> Stanley is always looks like he's about to tell somebody off. He don't got time for nothing. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, real life, he's he's a like a Harvard educated, uh, like classic theater, like Shakespearean theater actor. I buy oh, he's it. Got perfect comic Ooh. timing. Yeah. Time. All those actors. Sorry we're segueing into the office, but all those actors who are kind of like in the background, the reason why they're able to jump in and jump in hard and nail everything, even though they're not used all the time, is because all those people back there are either theater trained or like improv geniuses, just on tap. Like that's the only way you can just jump in when you're not used so much and nail it every time. So yeah. they have like a, a, a loaded bench when it comes to talent on that show. Back to geek stuff, guys. Let's talk some news. It's time for the news. Yo, before we get to the biggest news item here, let's cover a couple of things first. The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to be the next James Bond. My grandfather, Peter Mavia, was a Bond villain in You Only Live Twice with Sean Connery. It was very, very cool. And I would like to follow in his footsteps and be the next Bond. I don't want to be a villain. You got to be Bond. The Rock as James Bond. Mm. I don't. I believe in The Rock, but uh, yeah. not for me, dog. Like you can't be that big <laughs> and be a spy. I'm sorry. You just stick right. out everywhere you go. There's another issue though, and it's um, it's why someone like Henry Cavill is such a good choice for Bond. And it's got nothing to do with race. Got nothing to do with size. It has to do with this element of refinedness. And Bond, even Daniel Craig in his rawest form, there's this refined quality beneath him. And listen, I love The Rock. He's Jack, not- The Rock's refinement is like the least of 
<laughs> the, the Rock said that he has embraced fame and he loves it because it's helped him so much, but also because even if he wasn't famous, a 6'5", 265-pound black Samoan walking anywhere is being stared at. Regardless yeah. of fame. Right. So he's not able to just show up in Abu Dhabi and like slip in. <laughs> exactly. It's like, who is this? But I will say, if The Rock is playing Bond, it's going to be a very special film. And it's probably going to be funny and fun than a mug. It'll be no, like I don't want that different no thing. Bond, though. I don't want that Bond. Give me Idris Elba. You want color? You want something different? Give me Idris Elba for Bond. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's another thing because... What the Rock does in spades, probably at the top of his game at what he does. What he does really well is himself. Uh, he's got mm. impeccable comic timing. He's charming, 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 man. This guy oozes charm, and he's hysterical. Somehow this guy's just got innately great charisma and comic timing, you know? Yeah, it's not Bond. It's not Bond, though. Not yet, but you about to see Not a whole yet. different bond, baby. If he were in bond, <laughs> we'd see the movie probably. Wait, if he was if he was bond, we would see the movie prop we would definitely go see that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We'd see the movie. Oh my goodness. Speaking of The Rock, Red Notice, yo, it like broke Netflix records, man. It it, it according to this article, it's had written by the cast. Written by the cast, it's had 148.7 million views, um, millions hours of views so far on Red Notice. So that's which is like less than, which is less than millions of views. Which is, huh? Because the movie's like two and a half hours. So divide that in half. Whatever yeah. that number is, divide it. I in forgot the- one thing. In the first week okay. of its release. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's there we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of star that power part. behind it, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was the perfect storm. You the gotta say, storm. that that's a pretty sneaky way of inflating a number, though. Is it, though? You say because... how many hours have been watched, not how many views. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Come on, though. Man, this thing's a hit. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Speaking of Netflix, they have started production on their live action avatar. We've seen the cast already, and this looks Netflix is killing it, man. I'm excited to see what they do with Avatar. So far, I'm I'm game for whatever they're doing. Avatar: yeah. The Last Airbender. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 committing to making some live actions of these animes that were successful. So. Cowboy Bebop's starting that role. Dude, it's so good. Yeah. And and now, you know, they're, they're transitioning. Stranger yeah. Things is, you know, it's aging out. So now it's time to start bringing in some new stuff. And yeah. well, It almost feels like this anime is now like what they were doing with their Marvel stuff. They had Daredevil. That was a success. They branched it out with some other standalones. Seems like Bebop's going to be that. And they're just going to keep filling that roster. Well, I think Netflix, and you can see like how they acquire stuff overseas and put their stamp on it. I don't think they want to create new IP. Like Stranger no. Things is dope, but like if they can take something like an anime or a book or Witcher, like. But that's that's all networks. It's all studios. It's all platforms. Anything that already has a fan base is going to get a chance at becoming a thing before something that doesn't. It's why there's always sequels and prequels, and here's the same movie for the sixth time. Also, speaking about Red Notice, for those of you who haven't listened to our last episode, we covered that one too. 
Yes, we did. That along with Shang-Chi, it was a double feature. So after you listen to this, go listen to that. So, yo, Holly Berry wants to direct the Catwoman reboot. You had your chance. She didn't direct that last movie, Chris. But she did just have her directorial debut. Yes, that movie drops on Netflix, I believe, November. Well, by this, by the time this comes out, it'll be out already. So make sure you check that on Netflix. For well, like, there's oh, another please. movie that that yeah. just dropped, Rocky versus Drago. When, what? When did that drop? Sylvester Stallone went back, and he felt as though he didn't do Rocky Four right. That he, I guess, he got caught up in the times of which was action films, action films, and the pace of like got to be faster. You got to get rid of these moments, and he went back. And he pretty much just filled and layered back in what was already there that he cut out, which was the humanity. And he changed some sequences. So like when you have Apollo fighting Drago when he dies, it's less of Drago just murdering him and more of, no, Apollo's got some fight back. He's not going down like that, which makes Drago more human and not just this thing. And it makes Apollo go out and also whether, I think, I didn't see it, but Stallone says, you know, Rocky goes to throw the towel but it's like a second too late instead of he just doesn't and it falls down. So it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. I'm definitely going to check it out and check out the behind the scenes and making of on YouTube. If you, if anybody loves Rocky or just Sylvester Stallone, because it's, it's very um inspiring. And it's oh like, that was one of the best montages. The training montage was the best montages oh, yeah. in all. of It shows. was the most ridiculous montage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you want to train for a fight in like, Throw out your shoulder and get hypothermia. <laughs> That's the way you transport fight. <laughs> Carry a log up the snow in Russia. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. great, great movie. And now I guess we get an even better version of the movie. Um, real quick, McFarlane fans, hopefully this is still going on by the time this goes out. If not, I'm sorry. But there is 15% off for McFarlane Toys holiday sale. Just use code HS15. Now, we're not sponsored by McFarlane. We yeah, love buying we should toys. be. We, we should be. Now, let's get to the big news item, guys. The big news item. We we got the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. What did you guys do? We got a three-minute trailer. Well, the plot. What's going on? I got a three-minute trailer, and I got three big problems. One problem. <laughs> I don't see any other Spider-Man. Two problems. I certainly don't see any spider pigs. <laughs> Three problems. Yo, this trailer looks pretty damn dope. <laughs> yeah. Not a problem. Man. It could be a problem. It's a problem because they're going to take my money when it comes out. <laughs> this trailer. Look, I was on the side of lower your expectations. They never promised Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire. But now it's like you kind of have to give it to us now. Like yep. this is like to give us everybody obvious, everybody else and not give us them is like it's going to feel like it's kind of whack. Well, if you go down the rabbit hole of uh, conspiracies, um, if you look at the, the trailer when Sandman, Electro and and uh, the lizard are like mm-hmm. going towards. They say that each one of the villains are facing someone that they're fighting. In the trailer, there's only there's only Spider-Man, there's only Tom Holland Spider-Man. But now, if you look closer, Lizard looks like he gets punched. Oh, yeah. 
So they might be scrubbing some people out there. I gotta go back. I gotta see this punch. I gotta see the phantom punch. Are you telling me Spider Pig might be punching a lizard? I That's really exactly hope Spider Pig is not like. in this movie. Hey, I, will say this. I hope Whoa. Spider Pig is not in this movie. You're about to go all. down to two brothers and a shot of milk because you speaking blasphemy, Lawrence. You're right. Blasphemy. Right. <laughs> What's interesting though, they, they say that all these villains are have died at the hand or facing Spider Man in the other mm. universes. Yes. And that they kind of have to die here, or you know, some paradox is going to happen. So then, are we cutting through time too? Then. Or they're being, yeah, they're being pulled from specific moments in their bouts. But Electro, I started thinking because Electro, Jimmy Fox's design is very different. So maybe he's not the Electro from Amazing Spider-Man. Maybe he's pulled from another universe that we haven't seen yet. But I like, I like how they, how the 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 costume is is faithful to the source material. Yeah, you don't like him. You don't like him blue. You don't like him all blue. I like him blue. Yeah, I like. I like. I like the 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 electrical zap costume better. Yeah, Um, I was digging on Spider Man's costume too. Looks like they're letting us see the the black one with the armor. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, and it looks like he has some of Doctor Strange's thing because he has the the circles going around. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's interesting to me is Sandman, who is in Spider Man Three with Tobey Maguire doesn't die in that movie. He actually, Spider-Man lets him go. He lets him live. Then oh, does yeah, he qualify? Did, didn't he just let him walk away because of his family or something like that? Like, yeah. it was a big forgiveness moment type thing. And so it's like he didn't die in his universe, or at least not the one that we saw. So how does that mm-hmm. that work? And where's Venom? Venom, Venom. That's the question you know I'm asking. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, where's Toby? Where's Andrew Garfield? Is Emma Stone going to be in this? You're like, where's Venom? Where is Venom? We need, we know who the true star, the star is. Where yeah. is Venom? Oh, where is man. Venom? I mean, yeah, okay. I, I'm excited for this. My, my, this, this trailer kind of proved to me why Tom Holland, this version of Spider-Man is not my Spider-Man. Because it showed me, like, yo, this Spider-Man is like the multiverse Spider-Man to our Spider-Man. This is a Spider-Man who's never heard of Dr. Octavius before. Right. He's never gone to Oscorp before. His friend's mm-hmm. not Harry Osborn. It's like all the things that make Spider-Man Spider-Man, this Peter hasn't experienced. So he's he's the Elseworld Spider-Man. He's not That's like our Spider-Man, you know? That's an interesting observation. And they, they have to true. grab the Sinister Six they have to grab from other movies because he doesn't mm-hmm. have them. Right. So it's interesting. True. So I wonder if at the end of the day, this is going to fast track him into being our Spider-Man or a version I wonder, of I wonder how crazy Doc Ock is going to get because if you watched on the um, on the trailer and his tentacle came and it started changing color, uh, like almost like it got, I, I'm, I'm predicting that he probably got a, hand, a hold of some of his uh, nanotechnology, some of uh Spider-Man's or Tony Stark's nanotechnology and then use it on his tentacles. So that might be an issue. Well, then the question is, if these guys are being pulled from where we last saw them, then he shouldn't have access or even wherewithal. But no, I'm saying he probably he probably he probably ripped it off him somehow because he's fighting him. You know, he's I mean, Doc Ock is a smart dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? He probably got a sample of it and then made some replications. Man. My the theory is the he's gonna turn. He's gonna be good in this. In this, he's gonna start as a villain. and He's gonna turn good in this movie. I was gonna say because the scene we saw where he's literally just sitting there talking to the kids, you yeah. know, 
She's like, you're sure. not my Spider-Man, so why am I angry at you? You're right. totally well, different, Peter Parker. And and in Spider-Man Two, he wasn't angry with Spider-Man. Spider-Man was he just in a, his way. He didn't have a beef, personal beef. Well, with Alfred him. Molina just has so much humanity he brings to whatever he's working on that it's hard to see him as a one-dimensional villain without just cause. He's they'd have to give him a reason, you know? Yeah, right. yeah. But what I want to see, Green Goblin. You know, the Willem Dafoe, if he is under the suit, now that is a villain who is like, I'm out to kill Spider-Man. Yep. Like, I, I don't, I'm not robbing banks. I'm just here to kill him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'd be kind of interesting. And there was some dude on a glider in the trailer. That. that James Franco? It looked like James Franco. It looked like yeah. Harry Osborn. Father and son are back together again. But yeah. I don't know if Holly was yeah. using Franco right now. Why? What happened? He got me too? Uh, he got into he, he, a lot of people came forward saying that he did some stuff, and uh-huh. even Seth Rogen was kind of like not feeling him. So I don't oh. know if Franco's being used at all right now. That doesn't matter because half this stuff is just uh, costumes, anyways. Just means you don't ever got to see his face. Yeah. His face, he doesn't wear a mask unless they change it up. But it could be well, uh, they already Dane. changed up uh, Electro. True, it could That's be true. Dane From what I saw, they the it was, a, it was a character on a glider in the background, and he had like an orange face, like the Hobgoblin. I thought he had Ooh. goggles on. No. Oh, Hobgoblin. Yeah. It's Peter Parker's friend uh, in, in, in this one, uh, Ned, in the comics, he's the one that turns into Hobgoblin in the comics. Mm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. And we also have Dane DeHaan, DeHaan, the guy who was Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Right. Who could be just dropped in here? That's true. That's true. Or none of this is going to happen. And what about Vulture? Yeah. Oh, Vulture. Michael Keaton confirmed he did film for Vulture. But in Morbius. Yeah. Yeah, but he's in Morbius. He's in Morbius why isn't he in this too? This and this has everybody else in it. Could just be locked up still. Their world building. Their world. And and the crazy about Morbius trailer is that they have an image of Spider-Man on the wall, and the face looks closer to Tobey Maguire Spider-Man than it does. Well, the costume. Um, Tom does, yeah. The costume. So we don't know what. I think they're throwing this stuff against the wall, hoping it sticks. I'll say this: I don't think any of this is going to happen, and I think all of it's going to happen. What I, but what I do want to happen at the end of the movie is just some thirteen-year-old black kid gets bit by a spider. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes to that. And going back a little bit, the second we see Michael Keaton in the Mobius trailer, so Sony is working with Marvel then? Are they just taking whatever well, they can and making everyone's making contracts with whatever actors they want at this point? Well, in reality, Sony holds a license to Spider-Man. They're pretty much letting Marvel borrow him. But Morbius is set in the Sony world. He's Sony. And the image they gave us of Spider-Man looked close to the Tobey Maguire's. So... I don't know if that vulture's our vulture in the MCU or this universe's vulture, multiverse vulture. We don't know. We, we have a Craven. We have a Craven the Hunter coming out. Mm-hmm. How is he connected? Yeah. Is Maybe he he's hunting uh, for for pigs. I hope not. <laughs> Spider pig. I hope not. That's the one thing I don't need to happen. Give me Nicolas Cage as Spider Noir before you give me Spider Pig. Or John Cena 
as Spider-Man, like some <laughs> other universe where the spider bite just really worked really well. <laughs> Man, but that's all I got with the news. I hope you guys have fun because it's time for a debate, man. I'm tired of this. Let's get ready to run. We talk so much comic book stuff, some toy stuff. Rich, we don't talk enough video game stuff. So I got a question for you guys. If you had all the monies in the world to create a video game on an existing platform, what would it be? What would it be called? And why? What's the gameplay? What's the game you're creating? I would, and there have been versions of this game, none of which I'd call good. I would create a JRPG-inspired version of Berserk. Okay. You gotta, it starts with him as the, as the mercenary uh, sword for hire, going through, building his stats, his level, until, you know, he gets uh, inducted to the Band of the Hawks. Then you start building the team up. Obviously, he's getting bigger. He's rising up the ranks until the uh, the eclipse where everything goes south. I would make a faithful version of Berserk that is not a hack and slash. And I feel like that's been the problem with for me with the other – and I've played them all. I love Berserk. If it's got the name on it, I'm buying it. But I haven't been satisfied in the storytelling value. The reason I love that content so much is the story – is so rich it's so dramatic it's so painful it's heartbreaking it's thrilling and that doesn't translate very well in a hack and slash so i would make a video game version of that where it's narrative driven character driven story based driven but still has that action value to it so i'd make it more like a, a jrpg yeah okay. i'm not gonna call a flag on the flag uh, here's Lawrence with his rules again. Jack literally, I gave him all the money in the world to create a game, and he took this type. I want to do it exactly like that, but make it not a hack or slash. Uh, <laughs> the the content doesn't exist. Oh, I gave you for license to create whatever you can think of. That's what I would create. Fair it's enough. Been a, it's been yeah. something I have wanted my entire life, and it doesn't exist. Well, that's okay. F you, Lawrence. You can. You can, Jack. I'm sorry. I sat down and thought about this all for about five minutes. I would do a Marvel... Um, okay, boom. Check it out. Check it out. Picture. Mm-hmm. A sandbox multiplayer uh, GTA style. Style, right? Based in the Marvel world. You create a mutant. You set your powers up. And... Depending on how you set those up, whether you set it up with like physical mutations or like a mutation that you can only see if you actually use your power, the people will react to you in the world. Damn it, Rich! Damn it, Rich! <laughs> so, so if you have like physical mutations where you have like scales or horns or you're green or something, the people in the world are going to treat you as as a mutant. They're going to hate you. I mean, you're going to have some people that like you, but for the most part, it's going to be some hate against you. So you're going to be going around town. You know, you might have to fight some sentinels, um, maybe a special police force that comes out to deal with mutants. 
and of course, random parts throughout the world, there's going to be some like neutral zones or some places that are just specifically for mutants and so on and so forth. So, you know, you're doing that, using your powers. Um, don't know a name for it. Don't know. Is it kind of <laughs> like the, not, the not DC hold universe? You? Hmm? Similar, to, similar to DC Universe, Jack. Uh, yeah. You yeah, got to create. Yeah. yeah. But it's not as advanced as DC Universe. No. So. What? Oh, no, when you're ready, I want I need I need to jump on that because I had oh, a yeah. big problem with DC Universe. Well, oh, yeah. Rich, that's dope. What what's the what's the game like? What's the story though? Like what's what's the you're in the open world, you're doing that stuff, but like what's the Okay. What's now the you can branch off. You can you can branch off and be obviously good, bad, or be like a neutral, like a chaotic neutral, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right? So now you can branch off and like stop like a big bad you know, and there'll be there'll be monthly or like bi-monthly like updates and so on and so forth. I'll have to, I'll have to sit down and plan it all out. But there'll be updates in which a new bag comes in. You have to do that. There'll be missions throughout the throughout the game as well. Um, depending on what side of the fence you're on. Yeah, depending can, on what side of the fence. Choose. You can choose. You can choose. Yep. Yes. Wow. So you can sit there and be like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to be a bad guy. I'm going to start robbing banks. I'm going to try to take over the world. You know, maybe form a league of some sort. Yeah. That's, that's dope. And it's probably like the online application to it, too, makes it even more vast. Oh, it'll be havoc. Just people flying around and jumping around with laser beams and whatnot. It'll be havoc. If anyone has ever played uh, GTA online. As I have. I, I die every two seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to get killed. <laughs> it would be amazing if you get into a civil lobby where you can do missions without being harassed. Just yeah. harassed. <laughs> well done, Rich. Well done. Chris. What's your I problem, know he Chris? stole your idea. <laughs> same exact. No, the problem is that you're you're a damn genius because that's the same freaking idea. I was title for your idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna call it Obsidian. Because ah, that was your superhero ah, name. <laughs> Chris, Chris and I were planning to be superheroes when we weren't that young. How old were you? <laughs> like, you don't need to get into like, that. Like <laughs> it could have happened. And Obsidian was his name. Yep. Look who's talking, Hellhawk. Hellhawk? Hey, Hawk. I know. I know. Hellhawk. I know. Pig. And then Lawrence put. I remember when we drew. We drew it. Lawrence put the the moon too close to Hellhawk, so it became Hello Hawk. (laughs) Hello Hawk. Chris, what's your video game? (laughs) So it was very, actually, very, very similar to Rich's idea that, based on like GTA architecture. I was so disappointed. I remember when DC Universe first came out on uh, on PlayStation. Was it PS3? I think it came out on. Um, I was very very disappointed with the kind of the interaction and then kind of how you can actually build your heroes. Clunky and like, I just very wasn't clunky. feeling it. Yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. So if you could have a GTA type type structure, but you can go either way. You can either be a good guy and fight for good, or you can go be a bad guy and then. You know, and then the, the the eventual goal is to you know world domination or something like that, and then you have missions. Because for me, really, uh, the idea like it's cool. I like the multi online multiplayer aspect, but you get into it and then you're killed every five minutes. And I like the idea of a well structured, well thought out campaign. 
So mm-hmm. I would like to have a well thought out campaign, but the campaign is greatly affected by the choices you make as a hero. So if you make these 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 villain choices, then you know it it gears you towards villain missions and villain campaigns. You can take the option to do these things. So that's kind of my okay. that's kind of my idea where I'm at. It's either that or do the just imagine Stanley Superman, but uh, I don't know how well that would sell as a video game. I probably wouldn't <laughs> sell that well. <laughs> um, no, those are great guys. Uh, mine is in the in the vein of. GTA, some Grand Theft Auto, open worldness, Red Dead Redemption. My game, I want like a time travel game where okay. you're like hunting down relics or something while somebody else is hunting down them down too. And if he gets them, like of course the end of the world or whatever, and you have to like either chase him or chase these relics through time. So you have a time machine, but it's open world, so you can use it and go wherever you want. So you can be in the present day, and you can go to the 60s, you can go to prehistoric times, you can go to the the 1800s, you can go to the future and like it'll be open world with multiple possible timelines you can just jump into and walk around and do open world camp like side missions in those different timelines. There would need to be ramifications though. If you go to yep. the past and do something, it has to change whatever happens in the future yeah. timeline. Absolutely. So that you is like an awesome game. The butterfly effect. So that and the replayability is crazy because like mm. there's so many different versions of it and to bookend it, because you know these games, it can't be infinite. If you go back to prehistoric times, there's certain fuel that the time machine requires. That the further you go back in time, the less likely you'll have it. So if you sure. go too far back, where there's dinosaurs and stuff, don't get stranded. Instant death. <laughs> Start that mission over again. And if you go too far into the future, Earth don't exist no more. Right. So like you do have a confinement. So it's not just like we don't have enough technology to create an infinite amount of whatever. So there are two bookends yeah. how far forward you can go and how far back you can go and survive it, I'll say. But um, that's the game. I call it Out of Time. <laughs> I'm, out sure of, I'm sure there's mad games yeah. with a title already, but Out of Time. That's familiar. <laughs> so this will be a, a this will have to be a single player game, obviously, because online. Oh yeah. But you know me, I don't like Everyone's going online anyway. Yeah, we're casual over here. I I would say, nah, nah, yeah, there's no online capability with this game, and rightfully so. I don't like. I mean, you can, have, you can you can have like a battle royale in, in <laughs> wow. Well, I to know the yes, Chris, that's dope. Yeah, it's a great idea. So you can have an online portion mm-hmm. where it's just pretty much a fight game, but you can choose what time period you want to fight in, which well, also you're choosing the weapons you want to fight in. If it's the Wild Wild West, we have six shooters. If you want to go back to medieval times, you, that, that's a sword can't, uh, battle royale. If you want to go into the future, it's freaking laser guns and jetpacks. You know, Lawrence, you had a great idea, and then you tried to pander to the dollar. <laughs> yeah. You should have just kept with and, the great just, idea. And I will pander to the dollar. <laughs> you should have kept it. Kept it with the original that all no man the fight one it was like wait a minute this goes from an actual in real time we just saw what happened to these we're gonna Fortnite this whole thing if we can this man was like wait a minute the online scene fighting game fighting (laughs) game (laughs) wherever you want side mission (laughs) great choices gentlemen boom I think it's time for the main topic it's It's time time for the the main event. event yo 
Ghostbusters Afterlife. Me and Jack went to go see that bad boy together in the movie theaters in North Hollywood Cinemark. I was stuck at work, so I actually missed the first 20 minutes. So although I was caught up, it won't be right if I did the recap. So Jackie boy, jump in with this recap. So here is the spoiler-filled brief <laughs> recap. <laughs> brief recap of Ghostbusters Afterlife. So Ghostbusters One, which came out in 1984. Classic. <laughs> he said brief recap. Okay, okay. All right. Is it wait? All right. So this is kind of important. So Ghostbusters Afterlife is set modern day. 2021 it is a sequel it's the third in the series and it's following kind of the event of ghostbusters one and two more specifically one so if you haven't seen ghostbusters one there's going to be a lot of stuff in this movie that it's just not going to be as rich for you all right mm-hmm. that aside the point movie starts out in the middle of nowhere in this dirt farm and we're following an obscure version of who, if you've seen the Ghostbuster original movies, you know is Egon Spangler. And he's catching some ghosts. He catches this big bad ghost who you might recognize from the original Ghostbuster movies. It looked to me like it's, however you say his name, Vinny, the key master dog version of that. And yeah. he drops the ghost in this trap and then the trap in a trap as he's being um pursued by another ghost who looks like zool the other dog gatekeeper ghost zool kills egon spangler spoiler alert he dies in the first five minutes of the movie it's tragic 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 and lawrence missed this part which is why i'm giving the recap probably Mm -hmm. cut to whoa egon had a family wait he was a terrible dad left his estranged daughter never knew his grandchildren guess so daughter has problems paying bills she finds out oh dad died my deadbeat dad died but he left me his house and maybe all this money good thing because i'm getting evicted today but i'm not telling the kids i'm actually getting evicted hey let's go to your grandfather's house in the middle of nowhere Mom packs up the kids and travels to her deadbeat dead dad's house in the middle of nowhere. When they get there, she tells the kids, oh, yeah, we're not going back home because we got evicted. Sorry I didn't tell you that. No, you didn't have a chance to pack up any of your belongings or say goodbye to any of your friends. And we basically just left a fully furnished, completely packed house back there. But now we're in the middle of nowhere. Whatever. Reasons? I guess. Oh, yeah. And it's the summer, and the kids need to go to summer school. So she goes to summer which school. Which is crazy to me. Which okay. is crazy yeah. because it, she's incredibly sense, right? intelligent. Yeah. Like she's a wickedly intelligent kid, and yet she needs summer school because reasons, I guess. Good thing we got what's his name? Oh yeah, Paul Rudd's the teacher. FYI, probably the worst teacher ever. Slash. Wow, he's but, a really cool teacher. But he is the sexiest man. This year, according to People's Magazine. This is a bit of a departure. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Paul Rudd, the Paul Rudd, the one and only Paul Rudd, was in fact named Sexiest Man Alive. 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 (laughs) Back to the movie. Paul Rudd, he's the summer school teacher who basically just puts on 80s movies for the kids to watch while he's looking at his seismology charts in the background. 80s inappropriate horror movies. (laughs) 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 Wickedly smart girl, tired of watching movies, why she's in summer school, who knows, goes back to the closet where Paul Rudd's playing with his seismology maps 
and they embark on a wonderful scientific teacher-student relationship. Paul Rudd meets the mom. Mom and Paul Rudd fall in love with each other, kind of. And they're in this town doing teenage stuff. Oh, FYI, this town just happens to be spook central with the apocalypse about to unfold. Now, this is a brief recap, so I'm going to skip all the middle of the movie, which you basically could skip all the middle of the movie, and let's get to the heart of it. The ghosts are unleashed. Why? Because, oh yeah, dead Egon Spangler ghost, for some reason, shows his granddaughter where he hid the other ghost trap so she could release the ghost? Why? Reasons. But it happens. So the ghost is released. The ghost which is released is, I believe, the Keymaster ghost, who then is looking to take over a host so he can get into the flesh. After that ghost is released and does take over Paul Rudd's character, eventually... And then the mom is taken over by the other ghost character, Zul, the gatekeeper. Oh, FYI, they have to mate or at least make a little bit of sexy time in order to, I don't know, create sparks so they can have Gozer, played by Olivia Wilde in this movie, come to town with her lightning rod outfit suit, which eventually happens. So the two get it on, Gozer comes to life, and then she pauses and doesn't really do too much. She literally comes to life and then sits in a chair in the middle of the nowhere and just kind of sits there doing nothing, which I guess is something to do if you ain't done nothing for a while. So then what happens next is the Ghostbusters from the original movie, did I say spoiler alert? Because here's a big spoiler. They show up. Why? I don't know, but it was fun that they did, but kind of pointless also. They save the day. Kind of not really, but they kind of do. And Bill Murray, with a total of about three lines, manages to steal the show. The guy is amazing. <laughs> this is an unbiased recap for anybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> completely objective recap here. Right. Just yeah. the event, just the facts. Anyways, so then they managed to thwart the ghost apocalypse, and oh, there's this big booby trap in the house. Oh, right, right. Egon, his whole house is a giant ghost trap, and they capture all the ghosts, except for the ghost of Egon, who's standing in the front yard at the end, but is not sucked into the trap with the other thousands of ghosts. Reasons? Reasons. I suppose so. And then he has a real heartfelt moment where he says goodbye to his other three Ghostbuster friends who are like, you know, when you ran off and took all our stuff, it was kind of a dick, but I guess we understand why you did it now. Glad you're here to say goodbye. Sorry you're dead. And then he has a nice moment with his daughter where he's able to hug her in ghost form. I guess so. No and then slime a nice either. moment with – Huh? No slime. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, you got to be a class four ghost to have slime. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Uh, four or five. There are 13 known versions of ghosts. This doesn't include like Cthulhu and those bigger guys. They're off the charts. Anyways, that's story for another time. So anyways, he's got a nice moment with the daughter, uh, granddaughter. They say bye. He got a nice moment with his daughter, daughter. They say goodbye. And then Ghost Spangler, I guess, goes to heaven? And then there's a couple post-credit scenes, one of which is uh, the Ecto-1 cruising the streets of Manhattan, I suppose. And the other one is Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yep. they're flipping flipping through cards with Bill Murray, so they're letting us know that the world is still there. And then the last one is Winston, with... the Ecto-1 goes to the firehouse. Winston. Winston buys the original firehouse Here's to, the problem. I assume, they, they said the firehouse yeah. was turned into a Starbucks. And they did. They said a lot of things. They said it were right, bought up. Right, so, right. gentlemen, that's we the don't, brief recap. What'd you think? 
Listen, I'm going to go first, baby. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I vividly remember Ghostbusters 1. And and I don't want to say this to give this movie a pass, but not a whole lot of stuff made sense with Ghostbusters 1 either. But we dug the relationships and the humor. And the same way here, I dig the relationships and the heart. So in Ghostbusters 1, some ghosts look like zombies. Some ghosts look like ghouls. Some ghosts are just green slobs. Why do they all look different? They do. Reason. Freaking Ray Stance got like a BJ from a ghost, if you remember, in the montage. So we know they can touch you. Yeah. <laughs> remember the belt? We know they can touch you. You know? And I don't, he didn't look like he got slime all over him. So it's like, probably it, did. Or he probably did. The ghost got slime, to tell you that. Oh my, this is, this is a family friendly podcast. But I dug it, Not man. Anymore. Not anymore. I dug it. I really enjoyed the, I love like Jason Reitman who, you know, directed this, like, you know, his father directed the first one. They both have different sensibilities. His father directed those kind of bigger 80s movies. And Jason Reitman, he did Juno. You know, he does like real character uh, human stories. And I feel like this movie was really great because it didn't try to do what Ghostbusters 2 did and the 2016 did, which is just redo the original. They found another way to tell this story. And the little the girl uh, that that plays uh what's um McKenna Grace she McKenna was, she, she carried this whole movie like she was so charming yes. and the second she started talking she was Egon like yes. Egon's yes. dry humor kind of like socially inept I'm like it was brilliant and I feel like this movie I wish this came out in the 90s because this movie gave to me what I wanted as a kid which was I wanted to be a Ghostbuster as a kid I had the toy proton packs I had everything. And imagine as kids, seeing kids do the thing that you thought you was doing when you were playing in your backyard. Right. <laughs> They're doing it. And, and the, I wish we had more time because I wish it was more like Stranger Things where we really get to know all the kids oh. specifically. Because the older they, brother they and his do, girlfriend. Uh, I mean, they, you definitely get to know these characters. It's not like they fast track through them. Who, the black girl. You don't know Lucky. her. What black girl? You don't know her. Exactly. She was, she was, she was the uh, the cool. Um, she was the cool one, but love but interest, we, right? But if you will. We didn't get a sense of who. And remember, her, the older brother, McKenna, and podcast—they're the Ghostbusters in this movie. They yeah. suit up. So, like, I wanted to get to know them specifically, not just the Egon type, not just the Ray type, but who is this other? These two, I need more than just. The love part of it, like who are these two for the team? So yeah. I, I want well, more specificity. It's interesting you. It's interesting you draw those analogies that somehow those four are, are archetypal duplicates of the original. The podcast is kind of like Ray because Ray was yeah. very optimistic yeah. and very eager. The girl, kind of tough, kind of serious. That's Winston, and the older brother, kind of aloof, kind of here, kind of not reliable, unreliable. It's Peter Vakeman. We just didn't have time with the brother and the girl to actually see, like, who are you outside of what the plot says you are? Yeah, um, I guess that's good. Paul Rudd got a lot of that time. But yeah. he Paul Rudd but was, was surprising. He's great. Yeah. He's not a Ghostbuster, though. My issue with Paul Rudd was the character is you knew, you know too much about ghosts to go on this date like nothing happened right now. But he lives in this town. He didn't see a ghost until that trap came out. 
but he knew exactly what it was. Because so that's what's interesting about this movie. That's that's why this is actually the the trilogy. This is the third one in the in the lineup. It just happens thirty seven years later, or thirty two years later from Ghostbusters two. But what's fun about it is these people know the mythos of what happened in New York, and Paul Rudd's character very much knows the history yes, of. So right. he got but, the but he's but he's never seen a ghost. Before. Ghost hasn't been seen since nineteen eighty nine. So if he saw right. a ghost come out of a ghost trap and destroy his car, I don't know if he's taking the mom out for dinner tonight. <laughs> like, no, I didn't understand any of that. I didn't I mean, understand on, any he's of like, that. Yo, look, it might be in the world. I still gotta get it in. Maybe oh, hey, yeah. it's just it yeah. got too casual for me. Once like once you set you change the whole character's world when they see something like that. Well, to the me. second Paul Rudd became hip to the truth and then continued to not try to explain the truth, especially the people who should have been uh in his conversation line to express the truth, like to stick up for the kids with the mom to explain there's something going on that is kind of unexplainable. Uh, you, you wish for a little bit of that real world logic to try to happen. Yeah, and they I just don't, they just completely don't at all. Yeah. Which is okay, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, I, I said this movie, you know, it's funny because, you know, we, we have a group, we all have a group, a group chat and we talked about it. And Lawrence was kind of bashing Ghostbusters 2 a little bit. And I was like, you know, Ghostbusters 2 is not good, Chris. <laughs> Our next retro episode needs to be the Ghostbusters because it's beat for beat. Ghostbusters 1 got this. Uh, you got yeah. you shut well, so is this kind of. Yeah, this is mm. this is very much Ghostbusters 1. I mean, it's mm. different. What's different about it is the heart. The heartbeat of this film is it's I, more poignant. You know? I think this movie is completely different than part one. It it, it calls back, but yeah, Ghostbusters has... two was like beat for beat, like like eighty sequels where it's like just like the first one, but just I a different know, bad guy. Was like Brian Singer's is a uh, Superman Returns. No, it was close to like whatever Bloodsport two was. It's like it's the same movie, but yeah. this bad guy has a ponytail. Superman Returns uh, <laughs> literally frame for frame the first movie. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Right. Go ahead, Chris. What you? I'm sorry. What you without without your blasphemy against Ghostbusters too, I just you know when I sat down in this movie, the movie started. I would tell my wife like, I hope this doesn't ruin my childhood. I think I said it to you guys in the chat too. And then when I'm when yeah. the movie started and I'm watching it, I'm hearing the music and I'm hearing you know the little girl you know be Egon's granddaughter. I'm like, the magic that they created with Ghostbusters one, Ghostbusters Afterlife captures that magic. It captures it, then it carries it through the movie, and I was so thrilled and so happy. Yeah, we, you know, we, you know, we poke fun at the obvious, obvious plot holes, but I think if you look at the movie as a whole and don't try and, you know, really, really, really tear it apart, the movie is just—it's it's just such a great movie. It does justice to the—it does justice to our childhood. It does justice to the franchise, and uh, really, it does justice to Harold Ramis. It was a love letter to Egon. You know, as a friend, oh and I God. think I felt the love, and it really like I felt like I had the girls behind me in the theater crying. Dude, I would have dropped a tear if Jack wasn't sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Say, when we walked out, Lawrence said something, and I, I absolutely agree with him. He said this film had the right amount of nostalgia. Yeah, and it did. Yeah. It had the right amount of it for anyone who knew those originals and grew up on it. it had the right amount of it, but it was also a, enough of a standalone film. Where Lawrence also said this when we were leaving, he goes, "I don't know if my 30-year-old self, uh, this movie's for me, 
but my seven-year-old self, this movie's for them. And so there's something that's – this is the next generation of Ghostbusters, and they're establishing something that is for a younger generation, but it had just enough nostalgia. It, they put the original Ghostbusters in it to validate the film. Anytime, yeah. anytime you have a movie that happens decades later and you're calling it a sequel and you don't put the original cast in to some d- d- capacity, it just almost always falls short to me. But so, they had them in there. So, so let me ask you let me ask you this, Jack. So this movie so, so you know they, they teased maybe an idea of Ghostbusters 4. If we because the way they set it up, if we get Ghostbusters 4 and has nothing in you know, you know, Ray Stance and Winston Zedmore and Peter Venkman aren't in it, I'm okay with them carrying the no, Ghostbusters the, as it the is problem the was, team. The, the problem was them taking the post credit scene back to New York. Yeah. This movie was a passing the torch film, and they yeah. passed the torch to these kids. The yeah. fact that their post credit scene took the torch back and they brought back uh, listen, I, Bill Murray and and uh, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd, dog, they're legends, and there's no one I want to see wielding <laughs> the suit of the Ghostbusters more than I want to see them. But what this film did so well is it actually did pass the torch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unlike the one that came out in 2017 where it was kind of a reboot, but they kind of had yeah. homage to the originals, but it wasn't. They didn't. They never passed the torch. This movie passed the torch, and it passed the torch well by having the original people in it. Yeah. And so I don't know what I think the New York – them going back to New York looks like, and I don't know – how the kids why the kids would go back to new york but and if they've done their job and this is this is the funny plot hole problem the reason the ghostbusters disappeared for 30 plus years is because they did their job so well right right and and they Mm -hmm. talk about that in the film they go they did their job so well they basically worked themselves out of a job (laughs) there's no more ghosts to deal with Ray was saying that on the phone, specifically that. That's what Peter Venkman said. You know, it happened off ca- off screen, but that 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 was his argument. Yes. Well, the, I think and the so, thought in this world so now, is that. But now they've done it again. They've done their job so well. There's no global catastrophe. Well, there is well, because I know, you, I saw you saw the, the containment. You saw the containment unit, and the red light was flashing. The containment unit, just like when the guy from uh, the EPA guy shut off. Because I watched go to spoiler. I watched Ghostbusters one. Right when I got home, so and then so I watched. <laughs> he said, "Spoiler." Chris, why did you tell me that? But I saw point one. <laughs> yeah. so, but you know, and so when, when when they shut off the the containment unit and exploded, and all the ghosts come out, maybe that's gonna be Ghostbusters four. But oh, I well, Rich, let me hear from you first because we haven't heard from you yet, and then I'll jump in with yeah. thoughts about New York. I mean, pretty much. Pretty much what everyone said, uh, it it really hit me in the feels. Like this, this is they they did, like they did justice to to Ghostbusters to the franchise. Um, you know, bringing in uh bringing in Egon at the end and everything like that, and showing showing the kid. Yo, I was Chills, like, man. I was I was trying to talk myself out of it. I'm just like, man, how me talking? Like, oh, they they really trying to do like the easy way out with just CGI and this dude. But I was like. Man, I'm feeling this right here. Like, why? You're feeling it. <laughs> I'm looking around like I ain't crying. Shut up. You're crying. <laughs> but uh, 
Well, yeah, it was it was, it was a good watch. I mean, yeah, yeah, it had his little plot holes here and there. Like my man came, like he went back to um when uh when Winston went back to 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 the to the firehouse and it was just all dilapidated. But then they said that it was a a Starbucks. So I was just like, eh. and I liked how how they had Winston as like you know the, the big guy that made money and that pretty much bought the block. Yeah, I like I like that part. Um. But yeah, yo, it was it was a good watch, man. Yeah, it was like a good it. watch, and they're setting it up. They're setting it up for the for the for the future, which I'm liking. I'm I'm not understanding how he took back the Ecto one. If these kids are going to be, if they're passing the torch off to the kids, like, are they going to make their own thing? Are they well, going to grow up and then go to New York? Like, what's happening with that? Let me ask you this question. Here's okay. the thing: when the kids grab the proton packs. It kind of reminded me of Stranger Things, and Stranger Things did it so well where the kids were only handling what they can handle and nothing more because they're kids. Right. So at the end of the day, if we're doing a passing of the torch type situation, that in my mind has to be the next movie. They're working side by side with Ray and Winston mm-hmm. and Peter, okay. like because these kids aren't going to all of a sudden be what the forty-year-old something scientists were in Part One as teenagers. A transition right. movie would sure. be incredible. Incredible. It's like a yes. yes. Ghostbusters like core. Like the yeah. five of us are working together. Like that would make sense for these kids. Like we're not leaving kids with like nuclear reactors on their backs. Honestly, <laughs> that movie, yeah. that movie would be incredible. Dude. And you and you bring back Bill Murray, you bring back Danny Acro, you bring back Ernie Hudson in a supporting cast kind of way. Right. Mm. Right. That would yeah, can, that would make sense. And you can do it in five years if you like. It doesn't have to happen fast. You can you can do it when the girl turns eighteen if you want to. But it's one of those things where, like in our mind, Ghostbusters are four people and they get in a car. But it don't gotta be. It could be like these three adults and these three apprentices or four apprentices that are in New York and they're preparing because every time they well, chill out. And the other thing they that we didn't see as the audience member, but they saw was in Egon's house and in this cave in the middle of you know the nowhere there is a timeline and yep. the next number on the timeline was 2000 something yes and so yes. we know Smart. that there's another big global thing Smart. that's looming right and like what I love about this franchise so far I don't know if they planned it was there's not just ghosts flying around ghosts are a result of a, a big supernatural threat Zool is coming, ghosts started populating. And then in the sequel of, of Vigo came. Mm-hmm. And then that. So it's like, yeah. So maybe now they're like, look, Egon was right. We should have been spending all this time preparing. Because every time these big bads come, we're not ready. And in Ghostbusters 2, they weren't ready. They were like, they, they were pretty much shut down. Right. So, so according to Ghostbusters 1, Using the Twinkie analogy, there's always some kind of paranormal activity if it's the size of a Twinkie. But then when these big things happen, the Twinkie grows to be 600 pounds and like you know 30 feet long. But uh, yeah, man, I, dude, I, it's so freaking good. It's it's so good. I mean, I can't. I'm happy. I, I'm happy too that you guys felt the way that it hit you guys the same way. And we're not. This is this isn't a movie I want to to, to, to debate about. Yeah. This is a movie I want to come in and for us to be like in our nostalgia and be like, this is what 
You know, were you nervous? Were you nervous? Chris? A little bit. I was nervous for you, and I was nervous for Jack, to be honest. Rich, I knew, I knew Rich was going to be feeling it, but I was nervous for 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 Jack and Lawrence. Though that's who I was nervous for. But I'm glad. I'm glad we all we're all on the same page on this one. I mean, listen, I the movie is not without its question marks all over the thing, but it's a fun film, and what what it does right is anchored in this emotional truth of the film, and and it's hard to argue it. And that's what makes this movie special is it does what part one didn't and couldn't do, which was it was heart. It was family. It was reunion. It was forgiveness. You know, it didn't have a cast of brilliant SNL actors. It had children um, and family, which is great. It didn't try to. That's what 2017 one did. It had SNL actors trying to do what they did in the first one. It's like, don't do right. that. They already did right. it. Or, and yeah, you, gotta, you, got, you have to evolve. I literally had to Google. I'm always like 2016. What? I, I just had to go. I I I forgot that about from my memory, bro. I was like, yeah. ah, ah. But it's a funny movie. It's a funny movie. It's Kate a- McKinnon is great. Krista Wig is great. I I just couldn't make it through the whole thing. Maybe because I was so angry that hashtag not my Ghostbusters. I don't know. No, it the story, the story wasn't there for that one. Um, I'll say for me, it's probably a funner time than Ghostbusters too. <laughs> <laughs> It's funnier. It's funnier. It's funnier. It's not wrong about that. How often you bite your tongue when you say Ghostbusters 2 is like, oh, this is just like the first one. At least in 2016, I'm like, this is funny. (laughs) At least it's that. But I'll say what I thought that this movie is so brilliant to me because it's not like they jumped and did Ghostbusters like we're waiting for a good Superman or a good Batman. Ghostbusters was a dead franchise. Deader than dead. Ghostbusters 1 was great. Ghostbusters 2 made money, but it had bad reviews. We already know about the 2016. They couldn't get another one made over the years. So this one came out not to just pick up the torch, but like light it again because it was dead. And the fact that Jason Reitman was the only one that can do it. That's why that Rich, when you saw like Egon and he wasn't speaking and you're like, why is he not speaking? But then you feel it in your heart. It's like Harold Ramis was probably like an uncle to this kid. So right. he's like, I know I have limitations, but I know how to make you feel what I feel when I think about Harold, you know? And then like when you had like freaking um, Bill Murray standing there, I got in my feels because Bill Murray and, and Harold Ramis had a falling out. Like uh, mm-hmm. Harold Ramis directed Groundhog Day or whatever, and they had a big falling out. Like they weren't talking to each other. And they started talking to each other again when Harold was sick right before he passed away. So that whole no. last moment, as an audience, we're invited into something that we shouldn't even be invited to. Like they, they yeah. brought us into their family and, and they, they put and that on the screen. As an actor, Bill Murray did something so wonderful. He did a classic double take, but he did it in the most effortless way. Did you notice that, Lawrence? Describe a it double a, take. It was a perfectly executed double take. A double take is when Someone sees something, they turn away, and they look back at the thing with a different recognition. But he did it in such an effortless way. I was like, God dang, man. Bill Murray is a master of minimalism. He's like the most underplayed actor I've ever seen in my life, and somehow he's always captivating. Dude. Now – let me now let me poke some holes in it just because we loved on it so much. Here are a couple things that made me go, hmm, 
the thing we said about Paul Rudd, like I'm like, you don't get to like be casual now. Like yeah. a ghost just yeah. flew out and destroyed like buses. Like you don't your get car to be casual. Too. Your car, like you're driving with no windshield. You don't get to go to Walmart and get marshmallows now or ice cream. Yeah. With the with the suavest <laughs> walk ever, oh, and you he has a good walk. the balls as you're walking. Uh, oh wait, <laughs> before I poke holes though, let me talk about how great this is again. I love <laughs> that Jason Reitman was like, let's go back to Zool. No, it's not a new big bad. It's not because he could have made a new threat like the other ones did. But he's like, no, Zool's coming back. So then we get the nostalgia of the first one, but it's completely justified as 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 a narrative. That's right. you see the two dogs have to come and embody right. him. Just like and like the, it was the 80s, man. It was all tongue in cheek. Yes, she was the gatekeeper and he was the key master on purpose. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah. And Rick Moranis <laughs> and Sigourney Weaver did have to do the deed as dogs because, like, right. it was the 80s. <laughs> so the fact that he ca- he captured all that 80s fun here, but the movie didn't lose itself. And then, like, it was Olivia uh, Wilde, you said, Jack, that plays Zool? Yeah. Uh, she looked exactly oh, like... She, she played Gozer. I mean, Go- Gozer. She Go- Gozer. Gozer. Yeah, Gozer. And looked exactly the same. And like Gozer in the first one, which is kind of standing around too. Right. <laughs> Before she started doing anything. And she's like, yeah. Are you gods? And like, right. Whenever they ask you if you're you say yes or yes. <laughs> and then this time he's like, Yeah. Um, I will say, because of how small the movie was and it was supposed to be, the final fight didn't feel as big as I wanted it to be. But I guess it couldn't. Because there was a whole lot of standing around in those ending moments. Everyone yeah. was throwing out their one-liners. Everyone was just, I'm like, y'all are primed to shoot some shit. Shoot it. Yeah. And <laughs> now nah, let's talk about it instead. We like, know her power level is pretty strong. You guys need to watch the, the cartoon version in order to understand why some of the ghosts look like ghouls. Some of them look like human form. Some of them slime. Some of them don't slime. So you know their levels. There's 13 so, ghost levels. So you, the, the, you know how, how when Phoebe was in was had the chair that popped out the side? That, oh, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't from the movie. That was from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Yes, mm, it was. Yes. Oh. Which is well, cool. it's also why she says that when, when the Slimer version of the thing, Muncher, is munching on stuff, she goes, oh, it's a class five. That's not from any of the movies. That's from the cartoon. Yeah. When you're like the son of the guy who like, built this whole thing and you're also a fan to the point where you're pulling from like the cartoon yeah like it's just brilliant that's just brilliant freaking storytelling man and i don't have that many holes i will but that that last climactic fight didn't feel and and it wasn't big in the original it's the marshmallow man just was so dope but like if you think about the fight it wasn't much of a fight she like backflips over him and they stay like cross the streams Streams. (laughs) and she's done um here, I thought when they crossed the streams, I wish they would have said, it takes four. That's the problem. Because they try to cross the streams with the three of them, and she broke through it. And I wish they would have said, because there's only three of us. And then we would have got the fourth with freaking Egon holding her hand. Holding her, yeah. Like, I wish they would have said, I maybe still, that, still that like was how they, I still like how they, how they did that, because you know, they had the three that kind of held her there enough, and then he used the fourth to power up the traps. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's what they needed. Right. They just needed. They just needed her to stand there long enough in order to be trapped. And the main thing was wrong was the traps weren't working. Didn't have enough power. Who was J.K. Simmons? Ivo Shandor. Why? The better yeah. question: 
Why? Why so, was he there for one line? I don't no, get no, it. No, 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 no. So it, I, I was so like that check. Unless I watched Ghostbusters one, if you watch Ghostbusters one, they talk a lot about this guy Ivo Shandor, who gets really, really into Gozer and Zool, and he has a cult. He has a thousand followers before he dies in the forties, and then he built that building as the the tenant to, to draw Gozer. Now it was kind of cool how they Somerville was where they mined that special metal to build the the building in New York. Yeah. Yes. I'm telling you, so you have they, to go back and watch. So his body people. was there. Whoa. Yes, that's why his body they, was there. They, 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 they say all that in, in this movie. Yeah, they, they give you that recap in Afterlife. Yeah, yeah. But it was cool that they, it was established in part one. Like, yeah. like they didn't just. Because most sequels will all of a sudden give you new exposition. It's like, why wasn't that revealed in the first one? But here, like, like they didn't fall into that trap. Everything, no. everything about this movie was really based off of the first one. Even we, you, know, you remember when she was when Phoebe was going through the 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 Ghostbusters suits and she pulls out the Nestle Crunch bar. Yes. Peter Bankman gave Egon a Nestle Crunch bar in part one when he like I forgot what he said, but he said something. He did something right. He's like, here, here's a Nestle Crunch bar. And he put it in his pocket and then she pulls out the Nestle old ass Nestle Crunch bar. But like the fact that Egon kept it there. Like he Forever. said, ever, but yeah. like, like a lucky charm, like a yep. keepsake, like I'll never not Ghostbust without it. Man, yo, this movie's we're just sitting here talking like crazy because this movie hit us right in the feels, man, and literally took our child selves and put us in the suits with these kids. Yes, I mean, it's just good. I even like Bokeem Wilbine going, Who are you gonna call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the most roll your eyes moment, but at that point you're like, man, who are you gonna call, dude? <laughs> one thing I, one thing I was a little not mad about, but what I didn't want to happen, and it had to, was I hated the idea of the Ghostbusters breaking up and being losers. Like I, I know it has to happen for this movie to work, but like in real life, to me, it's like you guys probably all be billionaires. You created well, technology that doesn't exist. You're all really, like leading scientists. No, they weren't though, except for Ray. Yeah. Well, Winston became a success in spite of being a Ghostbuster. Like he did it outside of it. But I felt yeah, like right. you guys, you guys would be working with freaking the government, NASA. You would be like the lead scientists in the world. They would, they, they, they would never have to worry like. Peter went to go work at a universe like that. He would like, they would be the freaking like Elon Musk. They would be like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they would. Yeah. They saved they, they saved New York twice. Two times with technology that they I mean, created in a firehouse. Peter, they would be like, <laughs> the Peter was like the marketing guy. So the fact that he went and did something was in marketing. Like he was teaching marketing. That makes sense. Like I'm the only person that would have say, to teach, <laughs> he would be like, they would be like on license. On retainer from the the governments of the world. Yeah, but for what? Because like, there weren't that many ghosts. But the fact that they saved New York twice from an apocalypse that was all recorded would mean like whatever you guys have, create retrofit. Like they, I mean, but th- there was only one person that was able to do that. And that was Egon. He right. created all that. The, they, but they look, man. If I, if Steve Jobs made this and became like a billionaire, if I make a proton tag that's capturing ghosts, I feel like I'm not gonna work in an occult store. But, but Egon took all the proton packs. It's not like it's not like um, it's not like Ray could have gotten one of the proton packs, or either one of them could have gotten a proton pack and like retro 
you know, retrofitted it or whatever. And yet Ray they and... showed up in them. That's yeah. true. Because Ray was a scientist as well. He was. Yeah, he, wasn't yeah, he? he was a scientist. An inventor as well. Like Peter was more of the um psychological paranormal psychologist joint. But He's like Ray, man. yeah. But I think he he was more parent studies and psychology. Where Ray, I think he was like hands on too. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm like, look, you guys saved New York twice from a paranormal apocalypse. You're probably not gonna have to work a nine to five again using probably. technology that doesn't exist that you created because you created nuclear reactors that can guys be mobile. <laughs> they would write they, they would write books. They would do TED talks. Like they would not have to work again. You're right. That's true. That's probably true. That's so that was the part true. where I'm like, how did how did y'all become losers again? Because after Ghostbusters one, Ghostbusters two, you picked up with them when they're like doing a birthday party. Yeah. I'm like. Date. What are you looking for? I'm looking for the dates that were on the walls. I was trying to see what that last date was. Oh, they didn't, oh, they show, didn't it. show it. They, they, show it. Show oh, they didn't. Okay. And they blocked off. They purposely. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It was 2021 and then 20. Right. And that was it. But you know, okay. it's, they're saying that, but they're just teasing that there's another one coming up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then at least in the next, within the next hundred years. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Man, or um, within the next uh, seventy-nine years, I suppose. Right, bro, it's just dope. I want to give you guys a little fun fact. It has nothing to do with nothing, but Ghostbusters Two came out in nineteen eighty-nine, the most loaded year for movies, maybe in cinema history, because you had Ghostbusters Two in nineteen eighty-nine. You had Batman, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, Batman, Rich. eighty-nine, 89. <laughs> mm-hmm. Karate Kid Three. Star Trek The Final Frontier, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Ooh, that was a good one. And yeah. I think there's one, and Back to the Future 2. All came out in 1989. Is that the greatest movies? Is that the greatest year for sequels ever in the history of movies? Yes, it was the first, because that was before there was even sequels being done like that. And for them all to kind of like roll out around the same time, it was like Dude, and of course, Batman like ate everyone's lunch money. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's lunch money. But um, so that was a little fun fact. I love the movie, man. I highly recommend it. I, I mean, if you didn't watch it by this point, it spoiled like crazy. But what we didn't spoil is the feels, and it will kick you in the freaking feels. Full blast. And I will say, and Jack already said this: this is a sequel. To part one and two. I know some people online were saying they kind of forgot about part two, like they erased it. They didn't. There are little things in this. They the toaster that like dances in part two. You see it in Ray's shop. Um, there's also something else in here that calls back to part two. So part two did happen. It's just that they were focused on Gozer. And Gozer is a class seven. Ooh, class seven. Ooh. Interesting. What was what what, what was Vigo then? He looked at probably it. Class seven. Uh, yeah, probably class seven. Hey, you know, I think is actually based on a real god, a real uh, Sumerian god. Well, you know, Dan Aykroyd's whole family are like into like serious like ghost paranormal stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised while writing this, he like dropped real stuff in or realish stuff in. Bussin makes me feel good. Oh, <laughs> Yo, yes, that is the lyric. That's the lyric. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bussin. <laughs> 
makes me feel good. Yeah. I don't think Ray Parker thought about that. Dude, it was the 80s. Anything goes in the 80s. Man. Uh, he's, a, he's also a class seven. Class oh. seven. That makes sense. Okay. So we haven't seen a higher form come yet. No, that's not. According from the Ghostbusters Wikipedia, the only class 13 they ever showed was an animated. What would you like to see in Ghostbusters 4? I know we talked about it briefly. Maybe they all come together, work together, but like what would you want to see and what level of threat would you want it to be? I Honestly, I really... <clears throat> I'll be disappointed if what you just spitballed out there earlier isn't some version of what that film is. Mm. Like an actual passing the torch where you've integrated the cast. Yeah, let the big bad be something what larger than a class if we've only ever seen class sevens mm -hmm. what does a class 10 look like let's see that maybe we right. don't need to jump to 13 or off the chart yet we don't need cthulhu coming but let's get something that even the veterans don't know how to deal with yeah that'd be cool so they barely know how to deal with any of this stuff well because like there are ghosts that you cannot trap so let's see something you can't trap, but you gotta actually defeat defeat. Yep. How do you work in the uh, the containment unit blinking? Like, what, so, what do you think that is? That might open the door to something sure. bigger. But why is it blinking? Yeah. Like, like filling the gaps for me. Oh, it's about to it's about to explode. Why? This guy because the dickless guy from the EPA shut the power off, and it, it's true. true. <laughs> it's true. He has this man has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the eighties could that be in a family movie, dude. Now he dropped that line so deadpan, it was. I still laugh every time I see it. Great movie, man. Watch it, watch it again, then go back and watch part one if you're inclined. You'll make Chris happy. Watch part two. Do not yep. watch 2016. It's just not necessary unless you love those unless ladies. You want They're to. mad funny. They're mad funny. If you want to watch funny. this, if you want to watch this comedy. Watch it. If you're looking for like a Ghostbusters movie, I don't know it's gonna deliver there, but it will deliver on them freaking jokes. Those ladies are funny. Yeah. Rich, what say you? Final thoughts, Rich. Man, you need to go out and watch this movie. Whether you whether you're a a, a lover of the original Ghostbusters one, or even Ghostbusters two, or even 2016. <laughs> You need to go out and watch this movie. It's going to catch you in the field, whether whether you're a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old, or a 12-year-old. You're going to love this movie. Get or out a three-year-old. My son loved or, it. Or a three-year-old. There you go. Oh, a little wow. scary but uh, for him, but he liked it. He liked the premise. Now I'm buying gold special stuff for Christmas. There it is. Yes. Mission accomplished, Chris. Mission accomplished. Mission of freaking accomplished. Facts. Final thoughts, Jack? Oh yeah, I, I I endorse watching the film. Um, so right about nostalgia. If you've seen the originals, and if you haven't seen the originals, it's an establishing film, so it's good. It's good, man. And just a love letter to Harold Ramis. And you got that like font that said for Harold, and it's just yeah. like yeah. they got to yeah. say goodbye, you know, yeah. on screen. And there would be no Ghostbusters without him. He was instrumental in the writing of it, in the making of it, and coming on board. So Harold Ramis, it was... Yo, when I saw Egon as a ghost, man, I really did... 
I got choked up, B. Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> you know, when they uh, they approached the original cast to do the movie before the 2016 movie, and they pretty much unanimously had said, "No, we're not putting the costumes on again." And if yeah. you want to, and if you're gonna put anyone in the costumes, Bill Murray had endorsed putting putting the 2016 cast essentially in the costumes, which is kind of how that movie got made. Um, so the fact that they stepped into the roles for this film, that's really the one thing I was wanting. If that didn't happen, I, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about it. Bill Murray was Bill Murray's been anti Ghostbusters since since Ghostbusters two, but he was like, I love the script. There's heart. There's family. Yes. That's the thing. It was good storytelling. Yeah, yep. he was on board. Cool. Well, that's all we have for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Do we got some recommendations? Yes, we do. So, guys, since we're talking Ghostbusters, we might as well recommend some awesome Ghostbusters media. So, first up, if you're not an 80s baby, you might have missed this. But there was an awesome cartoon in Jack referencing earlier when he talked about the uh, the different kinds of ghosts. Uh the Real Ghostbusters is a Ghostbusters cartoon that came out after the first movie. Now, it's inspired by the movie, but it's its own continuity. But man, if you loved this movie, if you loved the original, you're going to dig this cartoon. It's so much fun. You can get box sets anywhere. So, so please check out The Real Ghostbusters. Now, flash forward all the way to 1997, the cartoon Ghostbusters Extreme comes out. Now, this cartoon is actually a sequel to the real Ghostbusters, where you have an older Egon that recruits a brand new team of younger Ghostbusters. It's such a dope series, man. It's an awesome sequel to the original. And there's an actual two-part episode where the original Ghostbusters come back to help the new team. Yo, this was like a freaking treat that I didn't know I needed, but I did as a Ghostbusters fan. And last but not least, IDW has so many freaking Ghostbusters comic books, man. Well, there's, 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 there's a billion of them anyway. But specifically, IDW has created some amazing Ghostbusters stories, man. Following the movie team, stories following the real Ghostbusters, and stories where they're all together. There was some multiverse type of situation where the real Ghostbusters from the cartoon actually meet the movie versions of themselves. And there's actually a comic book series, a story arc, where we follow the Ghostbusters from the movie version, and they actually link up with the 2016 Ghostbuster version with the ladies in that movie. So, like, the, the makers of this comic book, they love Ghostbusters, and they found really cool ways of taking all elements, the cartoons, the different movies, everything, and combining them together in some really cool multiverse stories. So those are my Ghostbusters recommendations. We're gonna watch Ghostbusters two right now. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Here we go. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 
Man, I hope y'all like listening to this because we love talking about this stuff. Thank you so much. You can catch us on social media. We're on Instagram dropping stuff all day, every day. Three brothers and a shot of milk. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, download these episodes, man, and write a review. It helps with the algorithm. But above all else, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you. Same bat time, same bat channel. Peace. Peace.